Self-doubt is something that everyone experiences from time to time, and though it's different for each individual, the reactions we have are somewhat the same, and they're actually even similar to those instances of life and death survival. We have that same brain mechanism that's there to go into fight or flight anytime we perceive a threat to our physical safety. That same mechanism starts to fire when we perceive a threat to our emotional safety or our emotional comfort zone. We go into fight or flight. Welcome to Employment Notebook. I'm Tim Muma. Today we're examining self-doubt, both in ourselves and how you as a manager can actually help your employees who are suffering from these negative thoughts. We have on the show today, Tara Moore. She's an expert on women's leadership and well-being. Tara is the creator of the Playing Big Leadership Program for Women, as well as the author of Playing Big, Find Your Voice, Your Mission, Your Message, which was named a Best Book of the Year by Apple's iBooks. Tara, thanks a lot for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, the subject of self-doubt, it's a, it's a very interesting one. Uh, I speak with a lot of people about the idea of confidence, and, and there are some positive and negative thoughts to confidence itself. But when it comes to self-doubt, sort of the other side of it, are there different levels of self-doubt or different types of self-doubt that you recognize or talk about with people? Well, we all have a inner critic, the voice inside of our heads that says those self-doubting or not very kind things about us. But certainly different people's inner critics show up in different areas of their lives. Some may have it around work more, some more around uh, their personal lives, mm-hmm. their roles as parents or friends. Some might have it um, in particular work skills and not others. And there's some interesting patterns like the research shows that women tend to feel self-doubt more around the kinds of things that are associated with masculinity stereotypically in our culture, which might be things like quantitative work or scientific work. And then on the other side of the coin, there's some evidence to suggest that men feel more self-doubt around those kinds of skills that are associated with femininity, like relational and communication. Sure. Oh, that is fascinating. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the the part, especially with in the workplace, you know, we tend to focus on a lot of those conversations um, with women having maybe a little more self-doubt there. Do you have any particular reasons as to why that might be? Uh, is it something you see that's changing? Uh, I guess kind of what's your overall take when it comes to the female perspective of self-doubt? Well, certainly, if you think about that research finding that women feel more self-doubt around the things that are associated with masculinity Mm -hmm. in our culture, where the stereotype would be male, one of those things tends to be leadership, right? We don't get a lot of conditioning and priming and reinforcement as women day to day in the imagery we see and the examples we see that it's totally possible for us to be extremely successful in our careers. So that affects how we perceive ourselves, Mm -hmm. certainly. But the other thing to think about is it's not just who has more self-doubt, but how are we conditioned to react to our self-doubt? And that's where I see a huge gender difference, that both women and men will feel trepidation, will feel those moments of, I don't really know what I'm doing, or I'm not sure I'm qualified to do this. But men and boys get a lot of reinforcement hmm. for kind of trampling past those feelings, mm-hmm. right? And being the brave one and having the big, strong, exciting results. Women tend to get a lot more reinforcement for uh, retracting and withdrawing when they have those feelings. Okay, you know, I'm not so sure I can do that, so I'll just stay in what feels safe. Interesting. 
Uh, I, I obviously, I think a lot of this is, uh, it's fascinating for me to hear, and we do hear different parts of this from, from other experts as well. So it's good to hear another perspective on it. Focusing it back towards just self-doubt in general, and as I mentioned, of course, we focus mainly in the office, in the workplace, that kind of thing. One thing that a lot of people mention to me is, well, you know, confidence is important, but are people just trying to portray this fake confidence then? They have these doubts. They're trying to kind of convince themselves and others that everything is fine and they're good. What would you say to those people that feel getting over self-doubt is all about kind of faking confidence? Well, what I have come to after doing this work with thousands of people, helping them move towards the careers that they want. What I have come to is that we actually don't need confidence and Mm. that it is very dangerous to wait on confidence. That in fact, what what self-doubt really is, so when we're stepping out into something in our career, we're afraid we might fail, we might get criticized, we might make a fool of ourselves, we might end up feeling disappointed in ourselves. We do not like, we do not want those outcomes to come. And one of the ways we try and prevent ourselves from experiencing those failures or disappointments is by being so critical that we never even try. Hmm. So the inner critic is, is something we're hardwired for. It's an expression of our safety instinct. And therefore, it's usually going to come up when we're stretching out of our comfort zone or really growing in our careers. And if that's true, our job is not to try and figure out how to eliminate it or never hear that critical voice. It's actually to learn how to live with it more wisely. So I say that self-doubt is part of the problem, but confidence isn't the answer. The answer is having a new relationship to our self-doubt. And the essence of that relationship that we want to uh, develop is the ability to hear that self-doubt, but not take direction from it so that we can say, you know, oh, I'm feeling incredibly nervous about this job interview. I think they're going to look at me like, who do you think you are to come in here? We might hear those kinds of thoughts, Mm -hmm. but instead of trying to become confident, we're we're simply noticing them and trying to not take direction from them because they're going to be there. Sure. No, I think that's a a unique angle as far as um, how to look at both confidence and self-doubt kind of hand in hand there. Sticking with that sort of workforce, uh, workplace theme, managers, mentors, and in a lot of capacities uh, are looking to help people when they do have those areas of self-doubt. You had some really fine examples in a Harvard Business Review article that you wrote. What would you tell people out there? And I think you alluded to it a little bit, but those managers who are hearing their employees have the self-doubt. I can't do this. I'm not sure I'm qualified. What's that common mistake that they tend to make with the ones they think they're trying to help? Right. So the common mistake that we make is we think our job as mentors or managers is to encourage our employees and argue with their inner critic. So if they're saying, I can't do this, I don't think I'm qualified, we say, yes, you can. <laughs> and of course, that's, that's a very well-intentioned response. Right. And sometimes that can work in the moment. Like sometimes that will really land with that person and they'll feel a different sense of themselves. The problem is it's not sustainable because you're not going to be there in every self-doubting moment that your employee has. Most of their self-doubting moments, most of the moments where self-doubt is keeping them from sharing their voice or sharing that important idea that could improve your company, not even ever going to hear about it. It's going to be a quick decision they make in their head. So if you really want to help empower and grow those employees, You don't want to just argue with their inner critic. You want to raise the conversation with them about the inner critic, about self-doubt, 
and help them talk to them about what is that skill of being able to hear that voice but not take direction from it. And you might use examples. Here's some of the irrational things my own inner critic says. Mm-hmm. And here's how I've had to not take direction from them in order to move forward in my career. Um, and talk about the, the fear-based roots of the inner critic that essentially we don't want to believe everything we think. That voice is um, ranting and raving, but it's usually not accurate. We want to help them develop that skill rather than trying to argue with their inner critic point by point. And I love how you mentioned, uh, you know, and for the parents out there, I think they can understand this idea that, you know, basically arguing with them and convincing them that they're going to be fine might work in the moment, but in the long run, as you said, how many times are you going to be there for them? How many times are are they not going to be able to do it for themselves? I think I think that's a, a great message in and of itself for people that are listening, especially as we're talking about managers, mentors of people who are within their career. I already touched on the confidence side. You did obviously go into some more detail with that as well. You talked about fear a little bit there. Is that something that, again, is sort of all in our heads? Uh, I guess when you use that term, people aren't really afraid necessarily to do something, are they? Or how do you look at it? Well, I think that we all have that very strong safety instinct in us, right? And it's a very old part of us that's trying to keep us safe, fighting for our survival. Mm -hmm. What we now know from a lot of the the newer neuroscience is that we have that same brain mechanism that's there to go into fight or flight anytime we perceive a threat to our physical safety. That same mechanism starts to fire when we perceive a threat to our emotional safety or our emotional comfort zone. We go into fight or flight. And that threat to our emotional safety could be, I don't want to be the one to say the comment in a meeting that people are going to think is crazy. Or I don't want to um, ask my boss for the raise that I really want and think I deserve. Or I don't want to stretch and go for a job that is a big leap for me and it's likely that I wouldn't get it. All these things that take us out of our emotional comfort zone, we do fear. And so fear plays a huge role. It can be conscious or unconscious in keeping us from moving as far as we could in our careers. And again, just like self-doubt, fear isn't going to go away. Mm -hmm. We don't have to eliminate it. But we do want to become more aware of what, what is keeping me from going from that job. And it's not always obvious because usually, you know, when we're afraid, Fear doesn't raise its hand and say, hi, I'm fear, and you shouldn't go for that job interview. It won't sound like that. It'll sound like, that's probably not what you're looking for. Maybe it'll be too stressful for you. They said, you know, such and such in the qualifications. You should go get three more years experience. It'll come up with all kinds of rationalizations. We find good old fear. Well, and some of the things you touched on there, uh, to me, sounds like somewhat of the message that comes across in your book, Playing Big. Find your voice, your mission, your message. If you were talking to people right now about the book and what you wanted to get across to people or what the uh, sort of the general message that is in the book, what would you tell the listeners? Well, first of all, that playing big, as I'm writing about it, it's about playing big according to what that means to you. So Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily about what looks bigger in the world's eyes, but it's you identifying what are your career dreams and aspirations and how do you become very bold and very loyal to yourself in going for those. And that the name of the game really is the kind of inner work that we've been talking about. It's learning how to not listen to the voice of self-doubt, which for most of us is a very dominant voice, not listen to the voice of fear, 
And then instead, listen to what are your callings, what kind of work makes you feel alive, and also uh, listen to the voice of what I call your inner mentor. And um, that's a, a vision of yourself 20 or 30 years in the future. Um, there's a whole exercise in the book to help you meet that older, wiser, more authentic you and really start making the career move that that person would have you make. Is that, I, I've never heard that kind of a look at it before as far as kind of viewing yourself from that angle and looking back. Is that something you came up with? Is that something you, you found that people were doing? Or where did that come from? Yeah, well, it's something that's based in the life coaching field and the training that I had as a life coach okay. where one of the, the foundational tools I was taught was this kind of envisioning your older self, but not just like if you were and I are in conversation right now and I say, hey, so, you know, who do you want to be in 20 years? Tell me what that person's like. Right. We're going to get a very um, surface level, here's your ideal picture of who you'll become. So we don't do it that way. We do a whole guided visualization where you really relax and kind of get into your more creative thinking. And, and some what, what shows up for people then in that state usually is surprising to them and different than what they would have come up with on their own. And what I've done in my work is really fleshed out and adapted that tool to think of it as a kind of career mentor. Because I found, particularly in the women's space, women are, women are always being encouraged to find these amazing women mentors, and that's going to solve all their career problems. The only problem with that is nobody can actually find those mentors. <laughs> <laughs> and no women were actually having the experience, the advice was telling them that they were supposed to have. And also, because things have changed so rapidly for women in the workforce. And so many women now want to define their own new kinds of career paths. The traditional mentorship paradigm of I'm going to tell you how I did it and that's how you can do it. It just didn't really work for people. But this, uh, this thing that comes from within is um, a very wise voice that really knows a whole lot about your unique path in a way that no mentor can. And of course, it's not that external mentors are bad. We still need them for lots of things. Mm -hmm. But on the big career and life questions, they usually, they can't give us the right answers. Only we can do that for ourselves. Um, and the inner mentor is it's just an incredibly powerful tool for that. And um, I've watched women, you, know, you can use it in very practical situations. Like, how would my inner mentor write this difficult email? How would my inner mentor um, introduce herself at this uh, networking event? How would my inner mentor plan this? really over busy, stressful week. And people immediately get kind of lifted out of their own patterns into the best version of themselves. Well, I think that's a great place for us to leave off uh, really some good information and insight for uh, all of us out there, because as you said, we all um, will have that self-doubt component to us. And uh, I also appreciate the different angles you gave us today. So thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That'll do it for us on this edition of Employment Notebook. We appreciate you listening again to LJN Radio. We were speaking with Tara Moore, an expert on women's leadership and well-being. She's also the author of Playing Big, Find Your Voice, Your Mission, Your Message. If you have any thoughts or feedback on this or any of our episodes, send us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can message us on Twitter as well, at the LJN. And you can find all of our shows either on our site at ljnradio.com or on iTunes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. Take care.